Now, you'll see on the front of your bulletin, we have the theme, Come and You Will See. But above that, I've entitled this message, Are You Looking? These words behind me are, Come and You Will See. But with that, the thought of, Are You Looking? And what I want us to think about is, Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for salvation? As we'll read in a few moments, salvation's another term or another name given for Jesus. The word salvation is used. And some of us understand that. Maybe there's people here that wonder what salvation means. Well, hopefully uh, today you'll have some answers in, in those thoughts. But are you looking for Jesus and the salvation that comes only through Him? John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus Himself said these words. says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Now those are Jesus' words. And as as we consider these words of Jesus, it reminds us that the way to God the Father is through His Son Jesus. This narrows the path considerably because we live in a world, right now we're living in a world that they say there are many ways to God or your God. That's what the, the world wants to teach us, that there's many ways to get there to the, to the God. The Scripture doesn't tell us that. In fact, Jesus Himself tells us that the only way to God the Father is through Him, Right? He's the one. We, we got to remember that we had a choice and it goes back to Genesis when Adam and Eve were here and they chose to sin. And sin was brought into this world. Every one of us here come, there's times that we have choices and we choose to sin. We're all guilty. And so God come up with this plan to send His Son, Jesus, and Jesus would be sacrificed And His blood would make an atonement for our sins. But we have to accept Jesus. We have to turn our life around. We have to live for Him. And then we find salvation in God's Son, Jesus. But remember, the world that we live in, they want to tell us that there's other ways to get to God. I'm going to tell you, don't be fooled with that other teaching. And... um, I'm going to be bold to say this, but if you do not have Jesus, then you don't have God either. And maybe you want to argue with that in your mind. And hopefully if that is an argument that you'll do some more research through the Scriptures and the things that we're talking about to get this figured out. But if you say you know God and you know who He is and you're going to go there and be with Him, then you need to know Jesus Christ, His Son. Remember that. But... The thought, come and you will see, but you have to be looking, right? You have to be willing to accept Jesus for who He is and make Him the Lord of your life. And we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2. And here we're going to read about two people who were looking for Jesus and uh, they found Him. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22, and we're going to read through the 40th verse. It says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord 
and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the or what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, of you as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. (coughs) Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So here in these 18 verses, we're introduced to Simeon and Anna. But what do, these, what do these verses or what do these stories here have for us 2,000 years later? How does this relate to me or how does it relate to us? Well, we're going to spend some time thinking about those questions. Joseph and Mary take Jesus to the temple to follow the procedure of the law of the Lord. And Jesus was going to be consecrated because the firstborn Jewish boys uh, were consecrated to the Lord. And the sacrifice of two young doves or two young pigeons was made, we read that, to fulfill the requirements that was required by the law of Moses. And Mary and Joseph were dedicating their son to the Lord God Almighty. Now, they still, I'm sure, couldn't fully understand that what was happening here that even though they had been told that this little baby was God came down in the flesh. He sent his son to this earth. And that's what we're thinking about this Christmas season, that event. But still, it would have been hard for them to totally comprehend that and understand that. But God in the flesh, wow. (laughs) Now, it's easy for us later to just read it and read the Christmas story like we do. But now that it says there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. It says that in verse 25. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Well, I looked this word up, consolation, in Easton's Bible Dictionary, and here's what it said. A name 
for the Messiah in common use among the Jews. So Simeon was waiting and looking for Jesus the Messiah, the consolation of Israel. And God had revealed to Simeon that before he died, he was going to be able to see Jesus, the salvation. What a good promise. Isn't that a good promise? God was that kind to Simeon. And then Anna, this widow lady that had lost her husband after only being married seven years and just dedicated herself to being around the temple and looking for Jesus and getting to see him. What a good thing. But, you know, Simeon got to see Jesus before he died. But you know what? We can see Jesus before we die. And God's word directs us that way. But you can find him and then you have eternity to look forward to. And there's no fear in death if we know God and his son Jesus. But we have to be looking. And I want to just illustrate this. We have a a film clip here they're going to show. And so please watch this with me. Well, I was uh, incarcerated in uh, Montana State Prison for a period of about four years. And uh, um, upon returning to Libby, my expectations in my life was uh, um, to uh, do a lot of hunting, um, get a job back at the Troy Mine, and uh, a lot of different things, camping, and uh, they just didn't, uh, they didn't happen. When the expectations didn't pan out, then it was, uh, I wanted to isolate. I kind of slipped back to the bottom of the barrel and the depression started. I, I had some help um, through a friend of mine. She got me to come and celebrate recovery. And uh, along with celebrate recovery, I, uh, I started coming to, to uh, Sunday church. After a period of maybe a, a year or so, I was baptized in, into the Christian church. When I f- first started coming to church, with with no background, there was uh, skepticism. There was questions. There was uh, a lot of things going on that that I didn't know anything about. So through talking to Dini, he asked me to start praying and asking for God to reveal Himself. God did reveal Himself to me through prayer and. That's when I, uh, I guess I started believing in 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 God because I'm I'm a person that uh, has to really see things to believe it, and through prayer, God did reveal Himself, and uh, I I was able to uh, make that that connection that I've never that I've struggled with all my life as far as uh, um, is there or or isn't there. And before I never I had I had nothing I had nothing in life, but but now I just feel that uh, I feel that comfort that guidance, and it's from um, believing in God and His Son. I I can't look back because uh, my life right now just gets uh, it it's it's never been this good. It, it's getting better all the time. 
there's obstacles that, that I've had to deal with and um, there's hurdles I gotta jump and I'm jumping the hurdles and uh, I'm figuring out ways around the obstacles that don't uh, that are, are positive and uh, I'm not getting trapped up in stuff. Life has just uh, kind of unfolded pleasurably. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really happy that when I asked Clyde if he would be interested in sharing some of the things that, he, that have happened in his life in the last couple of years. And he was willing to do that, but said he needed some help. But he did a good job of that. I'm proud of him, and that's a hard thing to do. And for those of you that uh, don't know, one of the things that he had shared, and he hid a little bit in there on his background, is he, he didn't have a godly heritage. He didn't have a family situation or a family environment that he grew up in where the things of God were discussed and talked about and something that happened. And, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying because these are his own words, but he said the first 52 years of his life, he lived with the devil because he didn't know the things of God. And the the devil had him on a road to destruction and wanted to ruin him, just like the devil has in store for all of us, wants to ruin us. He's not happy with just ruining us a little bit. He wants it to be a total disaster. But when we're looking and we ask God, if we grab a hold and say, God, if you are out there, if you really are like, people are talking about or some of the things that I'm seeing and hearing, then you show yourself to me so I know that this isn't just some game or another one of those warm, fuzzy things. And I'm just here to tell you, just like Clyde is, that God will answer that prayer for you because that's what he wants to hear. And it makes me think of this verse in Revelation chapter 3. Verse 20, and this is Jesus' words. And here's what he says. Here's what Jesus says. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now, that's, that's a pretty uh, hospitable and intimate verse, really, isn't it? That just think of it. Jesus is knocking on the door, and some people have said he knocks on the door of our heart. But just think of it at your house. You have somebody knocking on the door, and sometimes, depending on who it is, you might not answer the door, right? You've done that before. But we're knocking. Jesus is knocking on the door there, and we open that door and let him in. Clyde did that. We've done that. Fill in the blank with your name. But I like the thought of we're looking. Jesus says, come and you will see. And he's knocking on the door and waiting for us to open that door up. And only we're the only one that can do that, open that door. So many times we try to open the door for other people and it doesn't work, does it? We can't open the door for our spouse, our kids, our neighbors. Our friends, co-workers, we can't open that door for them. Sometimes we think we can, but it doesn't work. Each one of us opens the door and lets Jesus come in. 
So what's so different from Clyde's story or fill in the blank with our own name? What's so different from what we have read of Simeon and Anna? I know they were already uh, believers and, and devout and righteous, but they were still looking for Jesus, weren't they? Simeon was looking, Anna was looking, and Jesus had not been yet revealed uh, through God's plan to the world yet. When he was born, of course, then things come into place with God's plan, but he had been prophesied to come in the Old Testament, but that hadn't happened until Jesus was actually born. And Simeon and Anna got to see and witness God's promised son, Jesus the Savior. But the same thing still happens today, doesn't it? People finding the Lord and Savior Jesus, just as we have seen in Clyde's story. And the the scripture tells us that um, Simeon uh, was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. And that's where he saw Mary and Joseph with the baby Jesus. And he picked up the baby Jesus, it tells us, in his arms and... Here's what he said. Let's look at these verses again in chapter 2 of Luke in verse 29 through 32. It says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now, remember, I told you that uh, one of Jesus' names was also salvation. We see that in verse 30 where, where uh, Simeon said, I've seen your salvation. Another very interesting prophecy here is in verse 32 where it says, A light for the revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus was going to be a light to the whole world. Now, the Jewish people, the Jews, the chosen people, the people of Israel, were looking for... Jesus to come and have a kingdom and and the leaders, they were looking forward to this earthly kingdom that they were going to be part of and they wanted to be a world power and the the conquering power of the world and, and reign in this world. That's not what God had in mind. This changed everything that uh, being the light for the revelation to the Gentiles And also this wouldn't be well accepted as we see in the scriptures by the religious leaders of the time, the Jewish leaders. We can be very thankful though that he came to the Gentiles because I don't see a lot of Jews sitting here in our group of people. This morning most of us would qualify in the Gentile bracket. And God came in the flesh through his son Jesus and for salvation for everybody. Everybody to have that opportunity. And in less than 35 to 40 years after Jesus' birth, the gospel message of Jesus and who he was and what he had done would be brought to the whole world. Peter and Paul would be preaching to the Gentiles and giving them opportunity to see uh, the Lord and what God had done. But that was for those who were looking we have to be looking. Anna and Simeon were looking. And Clyde was looking. Are you looking? If you are, come and you will see him. We know that. And Jesus is knocking at the door. 
Are we going to let him in? God has promised us that his son is going to return and we're going to uh, be looking forward to that. Or are we looking forward to that? Like Simeon and Anna, are we looking? Do we look forward to the consolation of the world? And then, thought this, have you ever caught yourself looking at the sky and wondering why the way the clouds are and the light are? I'm wondering if this is it, if God is returning. I've thought that before many times. And singing this song that we just sang a few minutes ago about these are the days of Elijah, this thought kind of intrigued me to think about that. And I I wondered where I got this from as far as Scripture. And in my mind, I settled it to Matthew 24, verse 27. And this is Jesus' words. And uh, he's talking about returning and how the day and the hour is not known and so forth. But this verse 27 says, For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Because in my mind, I think of the eastern sky lighting up and the clouds parting and and the trumpet sounding and Jesus returning. And then, so I... I think this is probably part in where I got that. I know there's many other references in the Scripture about the return of the Lord. But in my mind, that's, that's where that is. And I, I have been, uh, you know, I just urge you to sometimes when you look at the sky and you see a beautiful pattern in the sky, ask yourself in your heart, is, is He coming? Is there anything wrong with that? No. Because we're anticipating it. And did Anna and Simeon sometimes maybe think, here's the Messiah, and then it wasn't? But then the time came and it was for real. And so there's nothing wrong to think about the Lord returning. We want to be anticipating that and remembering to be reminded of that in our heart because God's promises are true, just like He was going to send Jesus to be our salvation. And the Savior of the world, that promise was fulfilled. Now we're looking for the day that He is going to return. And sometimes in this world I'm in and we're in and looking at the news and stuff, we, we think, Lord, it wouldn't be any time. You know, just come, please. And that really should be our prayer. But I thought there's been a couple, couple different times that I kind of think of many times in my life, but... A couple times when I've been in the Bob Marshall wilderness, because over the last six, seven years, I've spent many, many days in there collectively. But there's been a couple times that uh, the light was interesting in the clouds and stuff. And kind of down in my heart here, I, I had this little thought, is this it? Is he coming? Of course, you know, it wasn't. But that that thought and that anticipation does me no harm. In fact, it just kind of reminds me of the promise that's yet to be fulfilled. And we need to be looking for that. So again, are you looking for Him? Do you have Him as your Lord and your Savior? Do you know if you're going to spend eternity with Him or not? Have you accepted Jesus God's Son, so that from this life you step into eternity with the things of God, with Him and His Son and the heavenly realms. 
But let's, let's be like Simeon and Anna that we read about. And each one of us, our stories like what Clyde shared with us, that uh, we were looking. And as we see back here, come and you will see. Jesus tells us that. We look for him. We'll find him. He's knocking on that door. It's up to us. Are we going to let him in? We have to be the one. Each one of us has to be the one to let him in. So are you looking? And if you are, come and you will see. And with that, I would just uh, ask you to pray with me while the worship team comes up. Dear Father, we're amazed, God, that uh, we chose sin and it separated us from you and you had a plan to rescue us and it cost you very much in sending your son being separated from him. And he was willing to do your will and because of what uh, Jesus did, we can look for you, God, and find, find you through your son. And God, I know there's people here, right here, sitting here today that are wondering if the things that they're seeing are real, if it's different, if it's true. And God, I just pray that uh, those people that are searching, that they will ask you to show yourself to them. And that Jesus is knocking at the door of their heart and they just need to open that door. So, God, would you answer those prayers and help, help each one of us to be willing to reach, reach down and grab that doorknob and pull the door open. So, that's our prayer. And we understand, God, that all these things that we're talking about today and in the Christmas season are made possible because of Jesus and that he is going to be the one that introduces us to you. And so in that, we are very thankful for what he has done. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.